if you're looking for some straight-up marketing advice that's super chilled and also a bit of a laugh, then grab yourself a drink and get ready for Marketing and Margaritas, a podcast that makes marketing entertaining. Brought to you by Rebel Nation, direct from regional Queensland. Hello and welcome to Marketing and Margaritas. This is episode 15 and today we're going to be talking about leveling up on your recruitment marketing. This is Jade and today instead of Lani, we have Karen who also works with us at Rebel Nation. Say hi Karen. Hello. So basically recruitment is a really hot topic at the moment, at least in our region it is. Um, We did a business survey recently and like 95% of the respondents said that they were screaming out for people. They were just wanting not only to get quality applicants in, but also obviously having people who are skilled and want to be there and all that type of thing. It's it's a really, actually really quite critical issue at the moment, um, at least in our region. So we thought this was a good time to, you know, obviously we're not in HR, so the actual recruitment process and everything we, you know, that's not our forte, but the marketing side of things, you know, we can definitely help with that. And, you know, we were just talking about it before. It's like, when people, you know, like you're just chucking up an ad on Seek or, you know, putting a, you know, it used to be like you used to put a um, press ad in and that type of thing. The traditional methods aren't necessarily getting traction at the moment because there are so many people looking at recruiting. So we just thought from a marketing perspective, it might be a good idea to actually have a rethink on your recruitment process and, and shake it up a little bit and try doing some different things. So we've got our top five um, tips for leveling up your recruitment marketing. And well, Karen, you can start off. Okay, so tip one is scope out the landscape. So the landscape is really competitive at the moment. We're finding a lot of the same positions are being advertised across multiple companies. It's not good enough just to, yeah, like Jade said, put an ad on Seek and hope for the best. It's about making sure your ad works better than your competitors. So check out what other people in your industry are doing, what they're saying, what they're offering. Also go back and talk to your HR team or your managers who do the interviews and find out what questions are being asked during previous interviews. So then you can answer those questions in your job ads, in your on your landing pages, on all your marketing. So you're just making it really easy to find the right people for your company. And I think too, just like, you know, people like a little bit of certainty as well. So if, you know, if they've got, if there's 50 million job postings for, a, I don't know, what's a really common one? Trades assistant? Yeah, for example, um, you know, even admin and stuff like that. Like you say admin, like, oh, everyone's going to know what that involves. But honestly, the more information that you can give to people the beforehand, then for them it's sort of like they've got that little bit more of certainty about what they're applying for. And it makes it really easy to apply. I think too, like, especially, you know, like people do self-select out on things as well. So they might go, oh, they're probably looking for someone with X amount of experience or so, you know, when you're doing those kind of things, yes, put down your wish list stuff, but also think about that you don't want to have people qualifying themselves out of applying who might actually be a good fit, but might not have had five years experience sort of thing. So just think about the way that you word things and stuff as well. And that really comes off the back of the fact that it's about the person sometimes and not the position, Um, you know, getting the person who's the right fit for your organization, you know, you might be able to do training and and upskilling and that type of thing to get them to where you want them to be, as opposed to them coming ready made for something. Um, Whereas if you've got someone with the skills and that kind of thing, and they're a jerk, then they're they're never going to work out. So yes, definitely the, the person over the position. 
So second tip is to have a look at what's available digitally. So if you're looking at digital ads, we're talking things like Facebook ads. So not boost post, but ads manager, um, which goes into Facebook, Instagram, and all of the other apps that Facebook owns, as well as Facebook's audience network. So it's really quite, you know, can come up on game apps and stuff like that too. So depending on what targeting you put in there, that really helps you to narrow down the kind of person that you're looking for. Same with LinkedIn ads. So when you do LinkedIn ads, you can put in what industry um, you're wanting to target, but also what seniority level. So if you're specifically looking for managers and you want someone who has already been in management, etc., as opposed to someone who's aspiring to be a manager, then you can advertise, you know, your advertising dollars can go towards just getting in front of current managers as opposed to a scattergun approach where, um, you know, when you put your ad on something and it goes to everybody, you know, those kind of digital ads let you really hone in and target the particular people that you're looking for. And then there's also Google ads. So probably not so much the, um, you, know, you know, I suppose search would also be relevant, but I'm thinking prim- primarily displayed. What do you think, Karen? Yeah, display is really good to reach like your passive applicants, like people that are on the fence and, you know, they might see your ad on Facebook, they see your ad on Google, then they hear it somewhere else and you're just kind of niggling away at them. Mm. That's such a good point too about being a passive audience because we've got to remember too, like when it's a really competitive hiring landscape, you're not necessarily going to be looking at job seekers you're going to be potentially looking at people who are already employed and as shitty as that sort of sounds. Well, you have to because there's not enough applicants otherwise. Yeah, there's only so many people or whatever to go around, especially when you live in regional areas. We just don't have the volume of other places sort of thing. Um, And while some people will move to regional for jobs and whatever, you know, it is something to keep in mind that, you know, what you have to offer might be better than where someone is at currently quite genuinely. And so by using digital ads, you can target those people and go to them as opposed to just the people who are going to seek, et cetera, because they actually are actively looking at the moment. So for example, um, we had a client recently that we've been doing um, recruitment campaigns for and with using digital ads, they actually got more applications in one week than they'd gotten the whole month prior. Um, So, you know, and obviously that's just a recent example. It's not going to be the case for everybody, but it really does show you the power of what can be achieved by going outside of those traditional methods and seeking people who aren't necessarily seeking work. Yeah. And the good thing about digital is you can, you know, you can reach outside your primary target market. You can go wider, you know, different regions and it is really cost effective. I actually was speaking to someone the other day and they were doing a campaign, like a digital ad campaign for recruitment where they were specifically targeting like Melbourne and Sydney and stuff who are like, no offense, but going through some shit times at the moment and basically sort of like really promoting the benefits of our region yeah. and saying, cause it's a highly skilled profession that they're looking for. And there's like, only, like, you know, a handful of them in the state in, you know, Queens, whatever. So they were actually promoting to, you know, Sydney and stuff saying, Hey, we've got these jobs available and P.S. your kids can go outside. Wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) Um, So, you know, it's really thinking outside of the box. You know, it's not just always your local area that you might be looking. Digital ads allow you to very, very cost-effectively target those regions where there is a higher volume of people and therefore potentially more chance of actually recruiting, weighing that up against the fact that they would have to move and everything. But for some positions, that's actually really common. So that's something to keep in mind with digital as well. 
So another tip is to consider broadcast mediums. So radio is actually working really well in our region. Um, it's a great complimentary medium. So, you know, they, like we said before, your potential employee could see you on Facebook, they hear you on radio, and then they see you out, you know, your car's driving around the, the street. So, you know, you've hit them three times there. Um, radio is a great way to get a message across with some frequency. So, you know, you're reaching a wide audience and really drilling in those messages. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with radio too, it's that while obviously you're going to be looking at what station you want to be on, so different people will listen to different stations, so it's getting on the right thing, but then it's also the timing. You know, Karen, you were saying before about how getting with radio you can target different audiences at different times. It really depends on what position you're advertising. So if it's a corporate position, then, you know, they'll be working 9 to 5 or 8 to six. So, you know, brekkie and drive, you're going to reach the most amount of audiences. But if you, if you're trying to recruit for, you know, your tradies, for instance, you can really maximize your exposure by going into those cheap spots early in the morning. Um, even your bonuses through the night are going to work well because, you know, of shift workers. Absolutely. And that's the thing. That's where it can actually become quite cost effective. If you think about the type of person that you're recruiting, when would they be in the car? And that's, you know, for like, you know, we think of like, we're, for example, we're both just nine to fivers or whatever. So we're like, oh yeah, drive time is peak time, you know, and, and the peak times are the ones that are most expensive and stuff. But then if you think about who you're specifically trying to target, then it could be actually the really cheap spots at like, you know, three to five in the morning. That's more where our audience will be in the car. Having said that, if you are going for like tradies and stuff and you're getting those early morning spots or, or whatever, or like Karen said, the bonuses overnight and everything, I wouldn't neglect drive time because remember when we're marketing to somebody, we're not just targeting that specific person. We're also like talking to the people around them as well. Um, so it can be partners, parents, um, sisters, brothers, that kind of yeah, thing. Absolutely. So yeah. So, it, you know, I think it's, especially when it comes to recruitment, you know what I mean? Like when you see someone sharing a job post, it, like the amount of people who are tagging other people. If we know someone's looking for a job, we want to help them out. And the decision-making behind sort of shifting from one position to like from one company to another is often a family decision. You know, it's not yeah. something you just make individually. Um, you know, your wife or husband needs to feel comfortable with that as well. So if you're promoting to their partners, um, that can really help. And that's even more so for trade sort of thing. Like if you're stuck on a really shit shift rotation and, um, you know, your partner's like, Hey, I heard so-and-so advertising a seven on seven off roster that would make life easier easier for us maybe you should apply for that yeah exactly sort of thing and they might not have thought of it themselves so mm -hmm. yeah that's a good point as well and then we also another tip is to remember the basics still so we don't want to disregard tools like seek because they that is still like the primary source for people who are actually seeking work and you never know what like someone could be in a really good position and stuff but have you know like a, a manager that they just don't gel with or they don't have any opportunity to grow in their position they're not getting challenged they're not getting training so they could be looking even though from the outset you're like oh they're probably quite comfortable so you still want to have your job out at seek and like karen said at the start um, that's where it's really important to have a look at what other people are promoting and have a look at what you can promote um, so that you can um, answer any questions and make it as easy as possible for them to decide if they're going to apply. 
Having it on your website is also really important. So if you go to careers or join us or something like that page, um, having that information, everything there available because so one thing with recruitment sometimes is that you might actually already have someone who deals with you. They get to know you, they get to like you, and therefore they could want to work for you. So if you've got someone who you're a supplier of theirs and they're going onto your website to check things out or whatever, and they see that you're recruiting, it could be like, oh man, I've been dealing with these guys for like 10 years and I really like them. They've got this position open. I actually think I'm going to go for it. So yeah. don't neglect things like your website. I think um, your website's probably the most important because because, you know, even if they found you on Seek, you're going to do a little bit of your own research. You're going to look on their 100%. website. You're going to look on their social media and just try and get a feel for the company. Does this, you know, does this suit me? Um, the more information you can provide and that additional information about like benefits to your employees and even like on social media showing like the culture, like is it a social environment? Like to some people, that's a big deal to... Is it family oriented? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's like a lot of the social media clients that we um, take care of. It's not necessarily for them about selling through social. Theirs is more about communicating their culture and what their business is about. And, uh, you know, alongside that is, you know, remembering to use your socials and everything. Like I said just before, people, you know, if you've got the Seek ad, do a post with the Seek link at some stage that seek branding is very well known it's very yeah. recognizable so if people see it automatically they know that that's a job posting so i do recommend using that as your preview link for a post pinning it to your page then so that if someone was to go visit that information's right there you know like some people even you know like changing out your covers and everything if you're actually on like a recruitment drive like you're doing a specific campaign for a period of time you know utilizing just those everyday platforms that you have and like Karen said, ensuring that you're promoting the employee benefits as well. Yes, there are certain things that you want, but have a look at it from their perspective. What is it that they want? What is it that you can offer? What makes you different? Why are you someplace that someone would want to work? They're not going to know the answers to those questions, um, but they're going to want to know. So that's something that's up to you to communicate. And instead of waiting for the interview process to be able to say, this is why we're a great place to work, go out strong and have that right at the forefront um, because that's what you've got as well to help you stand out from others is what you are, can offer employees. And if you're not sure, ask your employees, what yeah. do you like about working here? What, what, what's the best part? And the thing is, if you can't think of anything, mm. if your team can't think of anything, then maybe you actually need to do a little bit of work on the actual business itself as well. Like why should people want to work with you? What exactly. is it that's good about you guys? Like actually knowing why you're a good workplace, that's kind of crucial when it comes to stuff like this. So that's also probably part of the basics not to ignore as well. And our final tip is to look at your database. So look at previous people that you've interviewed, like often during the interview process, it comes down to, you know, two or three people, you know, the, the second and third applicant are probably still fantastic. Keep them in your um, recruitment pool, touch base with them, maintain a relationship with them if you can. I mean, LinkedIn's great for that. 100%. Um, if you can. And also previous employees, like a lot of the time people move on for opportunities, not because, you know, of a negative relationship with the company. So keep contact with previous employees and they offer potential, you know, future employees for different opportunities in the future. So yeah, keep your database clean and don't forget about it. It's such a good point. And honestly, when you brought up, I had, had not even thought about that, that the fact is like when we do recruitment, 
we go through all these applications and then we shortlist and we reference check and we interview. And like, I've had multiple circumstances where we've had two or three applicants that were all fucking amazing. And we, you know, you have to make a decision. Yep. And so you choose someone and like, we've been really lucky in how things have worked out, but those other people are just as still high quality applicants. Yes. They could already be in jobs and stuff that they like. It's not like you're trying to steal them away or whatever, but it's worth touching base with those people Absolutely. because you nearly hired them. Like that's, that's the, you know, you've already pre-qualified them. That's definitely an, like, yeah, definitely an awesome tip. So as always, we like to have a bonus tip for you. And this is more on the internal side rather than recruiting. So recruiting, you know, hiring people, finding people. Yes, that's definitely challenging. But the other side of things is retaining. You know, when you have good people, you want to keep a hold of them and take care of them and so that they, you know, stay loyal and, and do a good job and everything too. So one of the things that's always been really important to me is the staff onboarding process. Um, and to some people, I might go a little bit over the top with it, but I don't care because I, I remember starting a job one time where the first day I turned up, they didn't have a login for me. Um, so they were running around with tech and stuff, trying to actually just get me a login for my computer. And then it was trying to get me logged into the system. It doesn't I had feel to, good. I had to apply for like access for, you know what I mean? They didn't have anything set up. They had like a little stationary pile for me. That was it. Otherwise they had not prepared for me at all. And that's it, Karen. I just felt so ancillary. Mm-hmm. I just was, you know, I was like, do they even really need me? Am I really need to be here? Like it was just not welcoming. So for us, like when we look at our um, staff onboarding, we we're happy to have someone start like finding someone is a, you know a bit of a process and welcoming them into your team it's a bit of a risk man you know what i mean like you've t- spoken to someone you've talked to a couple of people who know them you've read their resume but they could be a complete psycho like you don't know who you're letting into your work family and i know for us like our team dynamic is really important to me so when i when we hire having someone like I'm just always scared that I'm going to hire someone who's going to ruin what we have. So onboarding people to me is also about just stepping off on the best foot possible with that person. You know, so when we have someone, we already have their computer and desk and everything set up. We have already created accounts for them on Asana and Slack. We've got their email open. We bookmark all of the applications that we use for them. You know, we do a morning tea and a welcome gift. Like we try and make them feel like they're a part of our family right from day dot. And we also have a think about what they're working, like what their tasks and stuff are going to be for that for those first few days as they're finding their feet. Like what are some really good tasks to start off with that will help them get to understand Because it feels good to come straight in and be able to work and feel of value. Yeah, because that's it. You're there, you know, if you're hiring someone who's actually keen to do the job, which hopefully you have, you want to nurture that feeling. You don't want to stifle it. Like I said, you know, for me going into that place where they didn't have anything set up for me, they also didn't have any jobs for me to do. Like my, my whole directive for the first week was to read the website and other materials. Like it was just... Yeah, it and just those kind of crap. those first impressions that spreads. Like when you get a first new impressions job, count, man. Yeah, but when you get a new job, people are always asking, "How? What's it like there? How's it yes, going?" That's and such you know, a good point. you start talking that positively initially, and if it's a business that's trying to recruit multiple positions, that helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because your staff, you know, the sooner you can turn them into advocates for your business, Absolutely. the better. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. 
So hopefully that episode gave you lots of good tips for how you can improve on your recruiting and also that bonus tip about having a think about how people start off with your business as well and just making sure that their journey with you starts off as as well as it can. So thanks so much for tuning in. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of Marketing and Margaritas. Find more free marketing tips, tricks and laughs at rebelnation.com.au.